Well, hello, ladies and gents. Robert Sykes, KetoSavage.com. And today I have special guest Kristen Barishian on the line, and we talk about running. She is a runner. She's been running for years now, since she was 18. She's been running marathons. She started out doing the traditional, you know, high-carb, low-fat approach. She did a lot of artificial sweeteners, all the super high-volume foods, a ton of veggies, and that didn't really work out too well for her. She has since been doing keto and carnivore, and she is killing it. We dive deep into her fueling strategy. We talk about running. We talk about strategy. We talk about training to these runs. We talk about all kinds of things. We even talk about accounting because she is a awesome auditor and accountant and that's very tangible and very interesting for me as a business owner so <laughs> we talk about that too um, but i thoroughly enjoyed the conversation i hope you will as well without further ado sit back relax and enjoy the podcast with Kristen. and Kristen, we are live how are you today Good. How are you doing? Thanks I'm for doing, having me on the podcast. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It's good to have you. We, we've been corresponding via email for eons now. It seems like you know pretty much everybody in the keto space. So you're constantly giving me all these email introductions. Uh, so thank you for that, first and foremost. Thank you. I love um, I love how, how you're so open to meeting people. And uh, I'm a huge fan of you and everyone on, and Crystal and everyone on the Keto Burke team as well. Awesome. Well, we, we definitely appreciate it. I feel like, you know, the connections that we make and the relationships we build in this space is, is what makes this such a powerful community in the first place. So you're you're pretty pretty great at making that network even better and stronger. So keep doing what you're doing in that regard. Thank you. I appreciate it. But I want to dive into just your, you as an individual and your kind of sport. I mean, you're, you're doing marathon running. You've been doing keto and carnivore now for a while. So kind of give us some backstory. What got you into marathon running for the, you know, in the first place? And then what got you following this type of nutritional protocol for marathon running? Yeah. So, um, it's funny cause growing up, I hated running. I thought it was awful, but, um, you know, I just, um, I did my first marathon when I was 18 and it was because my sister ran one and I was like, well, if my sister can do it, I should do it. And, mm -hmm. It, even then, I didn't even like running, but I'm like, I just wanted to do something that she was able to do. I was just so envious of her because I was like, I always thought like a marathon was just impossible. I was like, that's like that, you know, being 18, I just didn't think that that was something I could ever do. So once I did my first one, I was hooked. I hated it, but then I loved it. Like, it's one of those things. It's a love-hate relationship that I've had for years. So, um, and I'm from Boston. So the Boston Marathon is like the marathon. I mean, people also say New York is as well. So we have like a little friendly... Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I kind of, you know, every year, it's like one of those things, um, I would train for Boston every year, and then I would do another marathon in the fall in order to qualify for Boston. So, and, um, you know, even though like, I have a love hate relationship with running, it's like, I sat on the sidelines one year, and I was like, you know what, I should be out there. So it's mm -hmm. like, I every year I run. So it's just been um, you know, it's it's fun because my sister is a runner as well, so it's good to. Um, I almost feel like if I don't do the marathons, I feel bad letting her, you know, go on these runs alone without me. So, so explain but. explain a love hate relationship because I mean I can kind of get that because like sometimes I definitely do not want to train, but I do anyways. You know, because that's my sport and I love it overall. But like, it sounds like you actually do not like running half the time, <laughs> but you love no. it at the same time. <laughs> those funny things like it's once once i like i get up in the morning every i go through this every morning it's like i get up and i'm like oh i don't feel like going for a run but then once you get out the door and you're in your your groove and then like you just you know your, your attitude changes and then when you're done you're like oh that was awesome i love running <laughs> 
And that's oh, how you feel like during a marathon. I always say like the first, you know, 15 miles, you're like, why am I doing this? And then like you finish the, you cross the finish line and you're like, that was awesome. When's my next one? So it's one of those things that like, you know, it's, it's torture, but it's fun. And, and um, you know, I always can tell after a run, my mood is so much better. Mm-hmm. So, so, I mean, things that wouldn't, shouldn't bother me, like will bother me before a run and then I'll go for a run and I'll be like, oh, it didn't, didn't even phase me. And sometimes my mom will even call me and she'll be like, I think you need to go for a run right now. <laughs> okay, you're right. Yeah, and then I go for a run, and then I'm in a happy place. So it's definitely uh, the adrenaline of running makes me love it even more. Are you normally like listening to the Keto Savage podcast on your runs? Absolutely, the first, <laughs> the first podcast I go to. Very good, very good. That, that's a shameless <laughs> plug there for sure. Um, so you probably weren't doing keto and carnivore when you were 18 years old. What what got you into doing this? Like, what was your nutrition like initially with the marathons, and kind of how did you transition into the lower carb version? Yeah. So prior to 2018, when I got sick, and I can go into that a little bit later, uh, for the past 10 years prior to that, I was running marathons doing entirely a low fat, I would say moderate protein um, and moderate carb diet. So Mm -hmm. I was more of a volume eater and I ate a ton of vegetables. So, um, and I was eating every two hours and, and constantly hungry all day. Like, and, you know, just really focusing on high volume, low calorie foods. So and most of it was um, Franken foods, like mm-hmm. just low calorie bread, rice cakes. Walden um, Farms. Yep, Walden Farms. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I should invest in Walden Farms. Um, you know, just a lot of, you know, low quality, junky, but low fat stuff. And I just thought that that's what I need to eat, like to, like low carb, low fat, or I'm sorry, high carb, low fat, and lots of vegetables. And mm-hmm. pretty much I would eat every two to three hours per day. And I was constantly hungry. I would be eating something and thinking about my next meal. <laughs> so I was just constantly, and people were shocked about how much I could eat, like as far as volume. So um, lots of, you know, rice cakes, low calorie breads. So not very many turkey. calories overall, just a lot of food overall. Right. I think I probably ate a good amount of calories but just just a lot of junk mm-hmm. so not not really fueling my body right and, but I, at the time i thought i was i was like well turkey's good for you rice cakes are good for you um you know low low fat snack well cookies <laughs> just like that because i was doing a low fat diet i was healthy because mm-hmm. that's what they tell you to do um and then the night before my um marathons or any long runs i would eat bagels pasta i would i would definitely carb up um on the the breads and the you know everything else so that was again low fat but was, and your, I was your gi that, like, system just wrecked what'd you say was your gi track just like wrecked on the oh line? my gosh yeah yeah total always blo- always bloated um just never felt good and i just thought that that kind of went with the territory of eating vegetables they were good for you so it didn't matter mm-hmm. um and then i would use a lot of equal sweet and low because like if I ate Greek yogurt I couldn't have it plain so I'd have to add in some like artificial sweeteners um drink a ton of Diet Coke like just to drink I guess um you know so just a lot of junk that's not good not good do you like inherently know that there's probably a better alternative out here like what what kind of led you down the path of looking for alternative options so I actually, so I did that for about 10 years. And then in July of 18, I started training for a marathon and it just was not going as planned. And I, you know, I was, I was, I would go for, I would, you know, set a goal of the way I trained for a marathon is once a week, I'll do a long run mm-hmm. about 20 miles. And, um, 
and then I would, um, you know, do 20 mile runs. So I was setting goals to run like a 20 mile after 10 miles, I would just be on the floor and I'm like, (laughs) and like, you know, me just not being the brightest person in the world, I would say, um, like, you know, maybe I'm just not motivated, but I, I knew something was wrong. And as it turned out, so this went on for a couple months and I kept telling my husband, I'm like, either something is wrong with me or I'm just losing motivation for running. Like I'm really not liking running anymore. And that's taking over like, you know, the, the, the negatives is, I just thought something, I knew something was wrong, but I just wasn't sure if it was more mental than mm-hmm. physical. So I ended up going to Germany for work in the fall so right right before so in in july i started training for the the bay state marathon which is in lowell and i always i always run a fall marathon so i can qualify for boston the following year Mm -hmm. so i was training for lowell it was just not going well and i thought either like i just gotta get myself motivated or you know just keep keep plugging along so i ended up um in about september after two months of having terrible runs going to Germany for work. So September of 18, I went to Germany for work. And on the plane, my legs just started feeling like they were on fire. Like it just felt like icicles were going through my legs. And um, so I got down to Germany um, and then I went for a run and I couldn't even run. Like I had to walk and I was like, my legs just felt like they were on fire. And I was like, something's wrong here. So I ended up, and then all of a sudden I went back to the hotel and my legs were like swollen, like literally like I couldn't even put pants on. They were so swollen. And I just, I reached out to one of my coworkers and I said, Hey, you know, I can't even put my shoes on right now because my feet are so swollen. And she said, Oh, the same thing happened to me. It's because we just took a six hour flight. And I was like, okay. By the end of the week, it was so bad. I literally could not put on my shoes. Like my legs just swelled up so bad. So I sent a picture to my friend who's a nurse and she's like, you need to get to the hospital. She said something that that looks awful. And she said, I think you can have a heart attack. Like if, if you have that much water that you're not able to expel, like you, it could suffocate your heart. So I kind of panicked and I said, well, you know what? I said, it's Thursday night. I'm coming back home tomorrow. Let me just wait it out. I, I, I For some reason I had compression socks on me. Mm-hmm. So I ended up putting those on and then I ended up sleeping with my feet in the air. <laughs> And I laid it against the wall and I just, I went home the next day and then I went to the emergency room. I went to um, like a walk. So I came home on a Friday night at like 11 and the next Saturday morning I went to a walk-in center and they basically said to me, we think you have cancer. You should go to the hospital right away. So I went to the hospital. Um, They did about a, a bunch of tests, couldn't find anything wrong. And then they realized that I actually had anemia. I had scarring on my kidney and I had scarring on my liver. So, mm. but they, uh, as it turns out, it wasn't cancer. Um, as it turned out, I actually had gone to the bathroom in a few days and I didn't even put that together, but I, th- that was causing all the swelling. So basically I stayed in the hospital for a week. They did about a thousand tests and they just said, we know you have anemia and you have them. They, they said it was a severe case of anemia. So that's what was causing me to be unable to run. So if you have anemia, you, it kind of cuts off your oxygen, I think, and then it just um, causes you to, to not, not be able to, to run. So she was actually kind of like, I'm surprised you were able to even run 10 miles. Like that's just based on how bad your anemia is, like you shouldn't even be able to walk a mile. So she was kind of surprised. I said, oh yeah, it was a fight. Like I, I struggled on my runs. Mm-hmm. So I ended up um, leaving the hospital and I, um, she basically said, you need to clean, you need to change your diet. Um, You're eating too much like fiber. I think you should like look into different options. So I started going on 
like the YouTube and just like trying to figure out what what would be my next diet. Um, oh, and then the biggest thing was I needed to eat red meat and liver. That was her thing. Mm-hmm. And I had never eaten liver in my life. I was like, no way, no way. I mean, I remember the first time my husband and I brought liver and we liver and we cooked it in the kitchen. And I was like, oh, we were both like gagging. We're like, this smells so terrible. I took one bite of it and I was like, you know what? I think I'd rather just have anemia than eat this. But, <laughs> um, and I'll tell you, um, you know, growing up, I, I never ate red meat. It was always turkey, chicken, egg whites because they were all low fat. I thought red meat was bad for you. So I never, so I hadn't eaten red meat ever. And it was almost kind of, I hate to say this, like a fear food because I just thought it was fatty and just not good for you. And you probably you know, weren't supplementing with iron either, which is why you had such bad anemia, right? Exactly. Yeah, I was never, I never took iron pills or anything. So I started eating, um, so then I, I, I wound up on, I, I, I'd probably say like Dr. Berg was the one, Dr. Eric Berg, who does mm-hmm. keto. He's probably the first person I saw. And then I, I got, I saw Logan Sneed, who's another keto person. And I started following the meal plans and I was like, you know what? I was like, I can eat bacon, eggs. Like, I was like, but I, you know, so I started like reading about this and I was like, I, I'm kind of interested in this keto thing. And I had tried low carb one time before and I felt good, but then I kind of just fell off the wagon. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to give this a shot. And so I tried it and um, I struggled the first month. I, I was like, this is, I, I was like, this is awful. I was like, I just, I had the keto flu really badly. I probably didn't do my research. And I kind of went hardcore, like literally like from my normal diet to the next day. I didn't like uh, ease myself into it. Mm-hmm. So I definitely had the keto flu. I would probably say for about two weeks. And it, like looking back, that's not that long of a time. But I remember thinking this is the worst. <laughs> like people are lying that this isn't a good diet. And then one day I think I woke up and I felt great. And then I felt great ever since. And so the rest is history. I, yeah, so I did keto for about a year, and then I, I, I decided I wanted to do my first my first marathon while I was doing keto. I actually did a carb up. Um, mm-hmm. So it, I did my first – so I started keto in um, like maybe early 19, and then I did my first marathon in Boston in January of 19, and I did that um, on – I had trained keto, but I did a carb up the night before. And then I decided for my fall marathon, which was base date, I would do 100% keto. Um, and so when you I carbed did, up, that was the first time you had carbs in quite some time? Um, yeah, I had maybe like one or two tries beforehand, like if I felt nauseous at one point. But mm-hmm. yeah, pretty much I trained on keto bricks. Um, keto bricks are, I, I would eat half a brick and half a carnivore bar before my runs. And that was pretty much what I went by. Nice, nice. Did you yeah. have any, like when you when you did that carb up, that first marathon with keto, did you have any noticeable benefit from the carbs? Like, was there any positive that came from it? Um, I'd probably say no, because I kind of hit a wall. Mm. Um, I, I did okay. I did the, during the marathon. Um, but I definitely didn't feel, I definitely had the ups and downs that you have during a marathon on carbs. Mm-hmm. I remember actually having to ask people in the crowd if somebody had a bagel. <laughs> Like for me to eat. So I definitely did, had that. Whereas then when I did the fall marathon, I just felt there was no up and down. It, I felt very even keeled and felt like more happier. Like I actually was smiling the whole marathon, which my husband's like, you never smile during marathons. <laughs> you look miserable. So he was kind of like, it's kind of a joke. So um, yeah, so I would say, I'd probably say even if I felt the carbs, it was probably in the beginning, but I definitely had the up and downs like the wall effect. Yeah, for sure. Runners don't like. But then, so then I decided the second 
that so that was in um the boston marathon that was in april and then i you know i took a month or two off and then i started trying training in july and i decided i was going to do 100 percent keto and i felt great that whole marathon i was like you know what i don't think i need carbs anymore i really don't and and you know that was a big thing for me when i first turned to keto anyways i said marathoners need carbs like i even though like i would listen to youtubers and who who are keto saying you know runners don't eat carbs i, I just like i always had that ingrained in my head but really, you don't. Like, you really don't. Yeah, it's kind of funny. I feel like there's all these, like, whenever you've got your chosen sport, you just assume that you're an outlier and that, oh, this this sport needs carbs. Like, bodybuilders need carbs. Marathoners need carbs. Swimmers need carbs. Like, everybody's so defensive <laughs> towards their own chosen sport. But at the end of the day, I don't think any sport needs carbs. You don't have to have carbs. Exactly. And honestly, you just felt, I felt so much better without them. Um, yeah, so it's like, so then... Um, so I ran Lowell and I, I ran a good time. I qualified for Boston. And then um, I started training for Boston Marathon 2020 and I decided to try carnivore. So in November of 2020, I I was following the Strong Sisters, uh, um, you know, Paul Saladino. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to try carnivore. But for me, even when I was keto, I was still eating quite a few vegetables. Like not... Um, you know, not the high carb ones, a lot of the low carb ones, but mm -hmm. I just said to myself, I didn't think I'd ever be able to like not eat vegetables. And to be honest, like, um, I still love the taste of vegetables. I'm weird. Even as a kid, but when I was like a kid, uh, my mom always said, you know, Kristen never had a problem eating her vegetables. It's my sister, my sisters hate vegetables and my brother hates vegetables, but I was always the one who loved salads and stuff. So so that was a hard part for me. And I, it was funny. My husband said to me, he's like, I have, I don't think a day has passed since you and I've met that you've never had a salad <laughs> he goes maybe not even a meal he's like he's like you always have at least two salads per day like i'd have a salad for for when i was doing keto i'd probably i had two meals a day i would do a salad with um some type of dressing and um meat or fish or something and same pretty much same thing for dinner and i have like a bulletproof coffee in the morning so th this is interesting because I, I i don't really eat a lot of vegetables um i, I like vegetables like i don't have anything against them um I feel like there's definitely some that are better than others for sure. But like, do you notice any, you know, inherent benefit from vegetables, like any performance gain that comes from, or is it just simply like a taste and texture thing that you like? I think it's a taste and texture. And again, volume. Cause yeah. like, um, I, you know, I could eat a big pile of salad and you know what you get for the calories versus like, you know, I think it's like, I'm a volume eater. I don't mm -hmm. know why it's the way I am, but, um, I feel worse after eating them. That's for sure. So right now, you know, when I introduce veggies on the weekend, I definitely do the, not the high, like I try to, I try to do the low carb ones that aren't like cruciferous just because mm -hmm. I get a stomach ache now. Whereas, you know, before I think I was just so used to it. I, I would eat so much vegetables. I would kind of jokingly take a picture of my belly and send it to my twin who lives in California and say, I think I'm pregnant because <laughs> I would eat so many vegetables that like, it just kills your digestion system. Yeah. Like you definitely, even now if I eat, even if I eat the, like the low, um, you know, high water, like low fibrous ones, I still get stomach aches. Especially raw vegetables too. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. So, and so it was kind of funny. The first time I heard about carnivore, I almost thought it was a joke. Cause I was like, Oh, you have to eat vegetables. Like vegetables are good for you. So it, the, you know, changing that mindset as well was just as difficult as when I switched over from, you know, carbs to fat. So now mm -hmm. I'm like, now in my mind, because even like Dr. Berg eats, what does he eat? Six to seven cups of vegetables a day. So I'm like, now I'm like, okay, vegetables, you know, they have oxalates, 
you know, maybe they aren't that great for you when you when you think about it. And you're like, you know, once it's just changing your mindset again. So which is kind of interesting. So even when I made even though I was keto and I was, you know, fuel on fat, switching over from keto to carnivore was what not only was that a big change in mindset, but also um, I, you know, I, I still felt like I got like the carnival flu. I don't know if there's anything like that, but I definitely, um, you know, it was it was it was a little bit of a tough transition. But once I was full on carnivore, I it was it was. It, it took keto to a whole new level. Yeah, feeling good. I mean, now I had no. I mean, even on keto, I had digestion issues because of all the salads. But then you go to carnivore, and you just your body changes too. Like just the composition of your body changes because I, I just felt like I was getting more muscle, and it was easier for me to lift weights. Like I was lifting heavier than I've ever lifted before in my life, and I, I was doing the whole nose to tail as well, mm-hmm. yeah. um, which is you know. After, you know, after, um, you know, because I, I was actually, it's kind of, kind of funny growing up. I never ate organs to me. Like my family just never, my mom never made liver. She never made, um, anything like that. So it was kind of like, it was kind of trying to, uh, you know, tell my family, like, you know, I eat kidney now I eat brain. There's stuff I can eat now that I just would never even think of before about eating. Cause I used to be a total sweets person. So on top of the Franken foods, I would definitely eat like a lot of protein bars, protein powder, all because they were sweet. Mm-hmm. So, so you know, um, making the change, you know, cutting out the artificial sweeteners was definitely huge for me as well because then you just don't get those cravings. I feel like there's there's certain tiers, I guess, if you want to call it tiers, like certain levels of of strictness. Like if you go hardcore carnivore, like you don't even drink coffee because coffee beans are not animal base like some people don't do any dairy there's like all these different tiers i guess so like when you are doing carnivore are you going to the to the you know nth degree of cutting out all of that or are you a little bit more flexible so in the beginning i was hardcore i don't think i'd ever cut out coffee though i think i did for about two days and i was like no uh, <laughs> so then i switched over to caffeine free so now we we, we drink decaf and I sometimes cycle in, um, if I know I'm going to have a tough week at work with like lots of deadlines, I'll probably cycle in coffee in the morning. And honestly, even if I drink it at six in the morning, it, it affects me at night. <laughs> really? So yeah, I, I think I'm very hypersensitive now to caffeine because I can definitely, and I can feel it in my nerves as well. Like I just get, as soon as I drink caffeinated coffee in the morning, I definitely feel more anxious. Shoot, I must be screwed up then because I can drink like a quad shot espresso and go right to bed. <laughs> and I used to be that way when I was in college. I used to work at Starbucks mm-hmm. and I literally could drink coffee. Like you said, I could drink a, a, a triple sp- uh, a shot of espresso right before going to bed and it wouldn't affect me. Mm. But uh, now it's like I definitely feel caffeine when it's in my body. So so now, like are you, um, like you, you said you're about to do a marathon full on carnivore, right? that's when um one opens up so boston as we all know got canceled um in april of 2020 they moved it out to september of 2020 but now it sounds like the next one won't be until april 2021 that's so, gotta be just driving you crazy i mean it's, it's probably like, <laughs> it is. for me as a commodity but all of my shows got canceled all my competitor yeah. shows got canceled the same things happening with the marathons it's like you don't even really know how to train long term because something like that's not a i mean you have to like put in some pretty serious preliminary training before you can do that. So it's like you don't even know where to start. Exactly. So, cause I had, 
I was so looking forward. I was running really well in, when I was training for 2020 because it got canceled about in, I'd say, like March. Mm-hmm. So we, we've already been training for a couple months. So I was, like, so bummed. And then, um, and then I was like, all right, well, that's fine. Like, just it doesn't make sense to keep training. Like, a bodybuilder doesn't train all year round. So I said, well, why don't I just stop? And then when I'll start back up in July when they, when they reschedule it to September. But then they canceled it in September. So right now... I'm kind of enjoying my off season. <laughs> that's, mm-hmm. that's been much longer than I anticipated. So, and then I'm, I'm kind of working just on healing my body. And I, and I kind of like experimenting, putting vegetables back in during the weekend. So I'm, I'm kind of more, car- I'm strict carnivore, like Monday, I would say Sunday or Monday through Thursday. And then I let myself have veggies and keto treats on the weekend. And nice. I kind of like the breakup for now, yeah. like the breakup of strict versus like cycling it out in and out. But, um, it's kind of funny because by Thursday, so if I do carnivore from Monday through Thursday, by Thursday, I was like, I want salad. Mm-hmm. And then by then I'll have salad for a couple of days. And I'm like, you know what? By Sunday, I'm like, I want to go back to strict carnivore because I'm my stomach's hurting. So it's kind of funny that like I just kind of go through these phases. But I, I'm a, I'm a type of person. I just, I like change constant. Um, so I kind of think maybe I, that's what I like that little change. But once I start training if if boston happens again in april 2021 i think starting january i'm gonna go strict carnivore except for bricks because i I truly love having your bricks before i before my long runs on uh, i do my long runs on saturday i get up and i have half a half a keto brick and it's it it tastes awesome and it's got a good level of salt in it and it just fuels me so great for my run i there's i've tried with other things like i tried like keto bagels like the fathead and Mm -hmm. I, I feel the best on keto bricks. Well, that, that's music to my ears. I definitely didn't uh, <laughs> didn't plan on you saying all that, but I, I certainly do appreciate. It. I, I do want to dive into your fueling strategy, though. Like, how do you how do you structure that? Like, with your training, how do you set up your fueling strategy? You know, the, the day before a marathon, the day of, and the day after. Like, how do you kind of intend to to plan all that out when the marathon does open back up? Yeah. So I think. Um, as far as I'm, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna try carnivore like the whole time. And I think the the day before the like two two days before the run, I t- I tend to eat a lot more calories just to kind of fuel my body. And then my plan is for the night before is probably to have a ribeye and some butter on top. Mm-hmm. And um and then the morning of I'll probably eat a whole a whole keto brick. Nice, nice. So that's what I did for my my last fall marathon um, that I did 100% keto. I had a whole brick prior to the run, and then during the race, my husband. This, so the my fall marathon, my husband can actually go to different points in the race and meet me. Mm-hmm. Um, to be honest, I I I didn't find myself needing to eat as much. I think I just. Um, I, I ate because it looked good <laughs> at the <Yeah>. time, <laughs> but um, he, he had, he had actually F bombs and pieces of keto brick throughout the race for me to eat. So, um, so I, but I didn't really take that much. I think I did um, the nut butters went down easier. So I think um, I kind of grabbed those. Yeah, for sure. F-bombs, yeah. So those kind of went down easier, but um, yeah. So, um, but then I, I yeah. And then pretty much I, I think right now I, I don't think I need as many calories during the run that I'll need. So I think I think a keto brick prior to that will be just just fine. Nice, nice. Yeah, when I read mine, I I didn't. I think I ran it fasted. I had a meal the night before of like a steak and, and a brick or something like that, and then I think I just yeah. Ran you didn't, the whole you thing didn't eat the morning of. I was shocked. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I didn't want anything on my stomach, and I felt totally fine from a fueling standpoint. 
my feet was just totally jacked up because I hadn't I hadn't trained it all prior to that. I just ran it. Um, I was like so proud of you when I was watching the video. I was like, that's awesome. And then I you didn't eat much afterwards, right? I think like you waited a couple hours, and I was like, I can't believe. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't I wasn't hungry. The only thing that I was craving after it was a cup of ice with a Powerade Zero. Like I just wanted something liquid that wasn't water. So that's what I had afterwards. And then everybody else went out to eat. Um, but I wasn't really hungry at all. Like I, I didn't really need anything on my stomach. I, I think I waited several hours before actually eating anything. Yeah, I remember reading that because I was like, even then I was kind of still like, oh, I'm surprised. You know, I know um, my, my hunger has gone down drastically. Like I don't even, I used to, um, when I was first doing carnivore keto, I kind of forced myself to fast and it was it was very tough. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, it's like, all right, it's noon. Like I'm not even, I haven't thought about food today. And I'm like, I have to like now force myself to eat like, cause you just forget about it, which is amazing because like I said before, when I was doing the low, low, um, low fat, high carb, I was thinking about food constantly. Mm-hmm. I, was yeah. just not, I never felt satisfied. Now, even though my volume of food has gone down drastically, I'm just more full. It's just, it's amazing. Yeah, it's it's super liberating for sure. I, I want to pick your brain. This is gonna be pretty individualized. So what you say may not work best for for me or anybody else. But like when it comes to to running long distances, I feel like like footwear makes a pretty big difference. So like, what do you recommend? What do you wear for shoes? Like, what do you gravitate to there? So um, Newtons, which are not that big of a brand, I don't think. But um, I my sister. Um, she's actually pretty famous. <laughs> she did the world marathon challenge, um, which is a marathon, uh, seven days in a row on each continent. So, so wow. seven days, seven marathons on seven continents. And, um, she kind of came a little famous. So she's sponsored by Newton and she does a race called the Becca PZ 5k every year. So one, one year I ran and I won my age group. So I won those shoes, um, a pair of shoes from Newton cause they were sponsoring the race for her. And since then, I'm hooked on their shoes. They're lightweight and they're just super comfortable. And so, ever since then, I've been hooked on them. How do you I spell it? Is it N E W T O N? Yeah, so N E W T O N, and they're super comfortable. I mean, they're just really good shoes. And then I, I've used Brooks before. Um, I've used Asics, but um, I actually have a, a bad bunion on my toe, so mm. I always have to find shoes that are wide. So. Mm. Um, even though the bunion really doesn't cause me any more pain anymore, it used to cause me a lot more pain, but I still have to wear the wide shoes and, and those seem to work for me. Do you ever get any pain like in your ankles or your knees or like where do you feel pain? Um, oh, the bunion, was it, it was the actual bunion. But as far as injuries, when I was doing low fat, um, I would definitely have a lot more knee problems and a lot more injuries. Mm-hmm. Since turning to keto, I feel like my body is just less inflamed. Yeah, that it's makes just sense. Amazing. I mean, I just, I can't, I always tell people I feel like I'm cheating <laughs> because I feel like I'm at an advantage over other people because I'm just, my body doesn't hurt as much as it used to. Do you like, do I, any, like... I used to go for 20 mile runs um, and my body would always be aching afterwards. Like mm-hmm. I'd run 20 miles recently and I wouldn't even be sore. Do you, you do like, like oh, any ice weird. baths or anything like that? Uh, no, but I, um, my i do do kind of like unique things so i do um well now i can't because everything's closed but um i do uh, the magnesium baths mm-hmm. um what's the word for it float so i fl- every once a month i float um which is do you know what that is i can explain it to the to everyone but it's basically um there's these places you go and you 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 basically um 
you go into a salt bath and it's just magnesium. It's like a couple tons of salt. Huh. And I've heard of those. It's like totally blacked out, right? Like it's like a float yeah. tank. Yeah. So you're in a pod. They call it a pod. And it's just basically this big bath that you can kind of like close the lid. <laughs> and it sounds scary because I'm actually claustrophobic. Mm -hmm. So the first time I did it, I was kind of freaking out like internal. <laughs> I was like, no, I can't do this. But you float because there's so much. Um, it's it's just a it's a big bath that basically has a cover in it. So you open it up. It's almost like a Lamborghini. You open up the top, you get in naked, and then you just lie down and you just have to almost trust the process that you're not going to sink. And it's not. I mean, it's it's like a bath, so it's not like you're going to sink. But you just have to have to like let your body go. See, I was always tense in the beginning, mm -hmm. so which doesn't help the process. But now, like now that I've done it for like a couple of years now, like I just literally like you just float. And what do you, what does that do exactly? Like I, it, how does it, what's the me mechanism behind it? So magnesium. So magnesium, you don't have to just eat it. You, if you're, if you touch, like it's an Epsom salt bath, that's mm -hmm. what it is. It's a big Epsom salt bath. So I don't know if you are aware of Epsom salt, but if you have yeah. an injury and you rub Epsom salt on it, it, um, it, it can heal your injury. So it's basically just, it's, I can't even explain it, but I'll, I'll go for a run the next day after my salt baths, and I just run so much better. How long do you sit there and, and uh, soak? <laughs> An hour. An so hour? they're hour increments, and it's funny because the the first time I the first probably six months I did it, that hour was torture because you're just in your own head, like in darkness. You can put music on um, depending upon your float, like place that you go to. But mine, you can put music on, or you could just lay there in the in the dark. Um, I, it, but for me, the first couple of times I did it, it was torture. Like I, I, I get out of the bath, check the, check the time. Like it's been an hour and it was only 30 minutes, <laughs> but the last like five or six times I went, even one time I fell asleep and I was like, Oh my gosh, like I fell asleep. And, and the only reason why I woke up is I put my head to the side and I got, I got Epsom salt in my eyes and I mm. thought I was like, go blind. But, um, literally like, it's just so, it's so soothing. If, if you can get beyond that, like um you know claustrophobic or you know just boredom i guess like mm -hmm. so if you could just get beyond beyond that and i did another thing is once i cut out the caffeine i was able to relax so uh, i'm a very i'm sure you can get this from talking to me i'm a very high strong high energy person um even even when i don't drink caffeine i'm just like a high energy person and uh so for me to calm down and just like sit there and do nothing for an hour is is a big task for me no totally I, even my my brain is always spinning i'm always thinking about something and even like if i'm sitting at home and watching tv my husband's like what are you thinking about he's like your brain's spinning i can't tell <laughs> you you know it's just one of those things that that's the way i'm wired do you so, do any uh, like like saunas or anything like that it do sauna so um i i tried cryotherapy once and i loved it i i just have to get my myself i don't know just get the time to do it but i like cryotherapy um my sister actually does have a sauna in her house so every time i go in there i sit in there for like 10 minutes mm -hmm. and we actually have a hot tub so every night um i we me and my husband go in a hot tub which is nice that's probably pretty good for joints and everything as well yeah so every night that's kind of right thing. it also um it makes you tired like i mm -hmm. definitely it definitely kind of just, uh, especially during the winter, it's nice to just go in the hot tub and then go inside, and just pass out. Yeah, that's 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 the way to go. I feel like, like my running, like I, I've been running every day for a while now, and I don't, 
I don't run very you know, far. I love though. watching you little uh, on the Instagram um, stories. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. But it's like it's like the most trivial run. Like it's like one and a half miles. <laughs> very, very, Any rarely run is great. That. Don't say that. Never, yeah, I, never. I, I love it. You know, it's good for like me to just listen to a podcast, listen to an audio book and just kind of zone out for a minute. But I, I train, I do the resistance training and then I run at some point in the day. But I feel like my my ankles, I just feel like I'm not giving myself ample recovery. And I don't necessarily want to stop running because I feel like running a mile, mile and a half shouldn't, you know, really do much damage. But I feel like if I incorporated some type of, you know, sauna use or ice bath or something like that, I feel like that would be all I would need to totally recover 100%. You should try Epsom salt on your on your joints um, or cryotherapy, see if any of those work. It's yeah. kind of funny because one's, one's extreme cold, one's extreme hot. Um, mm-hmm. To me, I... I I, I would say, yeah, try, I would start experimenting with, um, do you, are you near any floats or places where you can go to float? I, I do think there's one not far from here. It's like 20 minutes down the road. I think I'm going to see if, if they're even open right now. Um, but I don't ever do like massage. I don't ever do like deep tissue. I don't ever do like chiropractor. Like I don't ever do any of these things. I just kind of barrel forward, but I feel like I probably should. I feel like that's kind of like a good proactive measure I can take to ensure that my longevity is is intact and i can actually train for years to come i will say i so once at least once a month me and my husband get a massage lately since you know we've actually been going twice a month mm-hmm. and that works out huge and i would say even the chiropractor so i i actually just recently started going to the chiropractor so since taking better care of myself like food wise i've i've now started doing this other stuff as well so i never went to a chiropractor I went, um, I've been going on and off for a while now, and I, I definitely feel better once I leave. Um, but I would definitely say massages are great. Yeah. You, I get deep tissue massages. I always tell the guy, I'm like, don't be afraid to hurt me. I'm like, even if I swear at you, I'm like, I'm sorry. I don't mean to swear at you. I'm like, but just definitely deep tissue. And then the next day, I just feel so much better. Yeah. I, feel like I do a lot of that. foam rolling. Foam rolling is great, too. Do you do any other like mobility stuff prior to, so you do like the stretching and the foam rolling prior to a run or do you do it after a run? Um, I do it when I'm bored watching TV. So I, I definitely don't, um, when I get out in the run, when I get up in the morning, I just want to get my run over with. So I, I just go out and run. And then, um, sometimes if I'm watching TV, I'll then get the foam roller out and just start. Um, I have the foam roller that like hurts you. It's the one with the jagged spikes. The rumble roller. <laughs> yeah. Yep, the ones that like one. really get into your like, body uh, it with freaking the hurts spike. it freaking yeah, hurts. They hurt oh my goodness i've been doing that before like all, all my leg days I'll, I'll roll on that rumble roller and like i'll I'll do the side of my leg right there with the it band and it's like i mean mm-hmm. like it it freaking is painful but i feel so much better afterwards absolutely so it's like and i do it very slow that's the, that's the trick it's just and just you know doing it slow and as painful as it is but that, that's how that's almost like how our massages too like mm-hmm. like i actually went to a massage last night with my husband and the guy i was like oh man he was he, he's very good very deep tissue but um yeah it hurts but you just gotta kind of toughen through it <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah what about sleep what are you doing for optimizing your sleep that I need to work on because uh, <laughs> I keep telling out. myself <laughs> I have this bad habit of falling asleep with the TV on. That is a bad habit. It is a terrible habit, but um, yeah. So I've been focused. But one thing I have improved is um, I'm I'm a big baby when it comes to being cold, mm-hmm. 
And um, lately I've been forcing myself to sleep in the cold. So I guess that's optimally better for you. And um, recently I just won some on an Instagram giveaway, um, the light blue blockers or blue mm-hmm. blockers. Yep. So hopefully I'm going to start using those because um, I am an accountant. So I'm at my, I'm literally, I, um, if I'm not running, I'm doing accounting. So if I'm not running, I'm not working like, or I'm looking down at my you know, Instagramming or something, but um, yeah. So, so I spend a lot of time on my computer, so I'm, I'm going to start incorporating the, the, those glasses as well. But other than that, I, I, um, I'm very inconsistent with my sleep. Like the last two nights I got terrible sleep. I can see myself sleeping until seven o'clock in the morning. And then my body wakes me up at like five o'clock, just automatically, no matter if I go to bed at two, if I go to bed at three, I'll get up at five. If I go to bed at 11, it's just my body just likes to wake me up in the morning. And then once I'm up, I'm up. It's, Do you track uh, your sleep with anything like an aura ring or anything? Um, I was for a while on, I had some app and then I just stopped. Um, Cause I was like, I, I just, uh, that's something I haven't been prioritizing that I should, but I'm better actually when I'm training for marathons. I think I, I, I and during busy season, so I'm, I'm an accountant. So during tax season, I like to get my sleep. Otherwise, I just am not Go crazy. Yeah, I'm just not processing things properly and it affects my work. So, but now that it's summer, I feel like I take advantage of it not being too crazy at work, but it, I definitely take better, less care of myself. Well, shoot, you just so, finished your busy season. All the taxes got pushed back to the July yeah, this year. Exactly. Yeah, this was a unique year, that's for sure. Do you, do you that, like accounting? That, like, is that is that something you actually you find fun and fascinating? So I, I actually don't do taxes. I'm on the audit side, which is a little bit different. And to me, I love it. I love my job. I can't imagine myself doing anything differently because like I said to you earlier, I always have to do something different. Mm-hmm. As an auditor, you're always in different places at different times. Like sometimes I go to my clients, sometimes I'm home, sometimes I'm networking and meeting new people. And that's what keeps this job interesting for me. And it's just funny for somebody because I always think that like I, I really have a hard time focusing, which is not what you would think of as an accountant. Mm-hmm. But to me, that kind of helps me in my job because I'm just doing th- everything differently, different days. You have different companies who have different issues and it just it keeps things inter- interesting. So I, I don't think I could see myself doing anything else. I, I It was either be an accountant or I was going to be a nurse. And I think those are the two perfect jobs that I could have done. They're so different from each other, but they're just like two jobs I could have done that would have been, um, you know, fit my personality. Well, it's funny because like accounting is typically viewed as like this boring humdrum job. But actually, I mean, probably because I own a business, but accounting is incredibly fascinating to me, especially if it's your own business, I guess. But I had a professor in college that that was his thing. I mean, he literally just loved accounting and he like just seeing his energy and having him teach me like everything you knew about accounting. It was I, I gained a new respect for it for sure. Yeah. So I work with a lot of startups, too. Um and even like, um, and it's just fun to teach them how to like, you know, we, we help them with their accounting and stuff like that. So teaching them how to invoice and they're like, oh, I love this. I'm like, I told you. I'm like, it's not that bad. Like, it's like, I'm like, you get to know your numbers and know your business and you don't feel like you're lost. And, mm-hmm. you, you know, so it's, it's, it's a lot. I would say nine out of 10 times, a lot of them loved learning about their business and how, you know, you know, how, how their business gets impacted by their decisions that they make. So, you know, like if I, you know, for you, for instance, if you, you know, when you switched over from one type of protein powder to another, how did that impact your numbers and stuff like that? So it's just mm-hmm. interesting that like, like it's fun to teach them and work with them. What, uh, so like as a accountant, as an auditor, like what's, 
so there's a lot, a lot of people that are, you know, I, I try to automate any place I can. So I'll use software like QuickBooks, whatever, to, to automate the process so I can make things more streamlined and make things better for my accountant. Is there a particular software? This is totally off the rails of keto, but <laughs> is there a particular yeah. software that accountants like their clients to use, like QuickBooks or something of that of that nature? Yeah. So we um, at my firm, we actually put, we actually help people with their accounting and automate it for them. Okay. So um, so we do either QuickBooks and we'll add certain apps, like we'll make sure that their bank um, downloads into the system automatically and same with their credit cards. And then we use other stuff like um, depending upon the business, like if you have clients who are paid, if you have cut, if you have employees who are paid hourly, we'll, we'll install like hourly, like it's called T-sheets mm-hmm. or we'll do like bill pay or HubDoc, which um, basically um, you with HubDoc or bill uh, HubDoc, you take a picture of your seat and it scans it to the cloud. So then at the end of the year, when you do your taxes, you don't have to worry about losing receipts. Nice. Um, there's apps like that. Um, then like bill pay. So you can pay bills online. So we basically, a lot of my clients, I've actually, some of them I've never even met before because we basically do everything through the phone and through the internet. And especially nowadays where everybody's remote, it's like, mm-hmm. it does, you could have, I have a lot of clients that are in California. Um, and then um, a lot of clients who have inventory, we, we use other stuff like Shopify. Um, there's a lot of, there's so many apps out there. Yeah, it's, and it's that, crazy. And literally at the end of the day, whatever you can automate makes your life so much easier. Totally. Is there yeah. any particular like just common theme that you see in businesses that, that fail with regard to accounting mishaps or just poor money yeah. management? Like what, what is a very common just, you know, mistake that you see a lot of companies make? And I'm asking so this it, selfishly so I can avoid it. <laughs> absolutely. So it's it's not knowing their numbers. So like um so then like they'll they'll think that like oh I have um cash in the bank because you know like we, we don't spend so much. they realize that they, actually you don't have cash <laughs> or you know like you wrote a bunch of checks so that, you know that you that your bank statement's not showing because they haven't cleared yet. So mm-hmm. like they'll log online and not realize that you know that's not really your bank balance you you've written checks so they'll bounce checks and just not knowing their numbers and their margins mm-hmm. that's like, especially with food companies you know you just got to make sure that you obviously cover your overhead as well so you got your variable costs your fixed costs and that's at the end of the day just pricing your product and finding that good price point between um you know what people are willing to pay versus um you know what what value you add so you know, like I work with, um, you know, bread companies. Like think about bread companies out there. There's some very clean keto um, bread companies out there that, you know, have minimal agreement ingredients. And then you got, um, but they're a lot more expensive. Mm-hmm. You just have to find that right market where they're willing to pay a few more dollars per loaf than going to get a cheap kind that has stuff in there that will wreck your gut, you know? Yeah. So that's, that's the biggest thing is figure out what the price point that makes the most sense that, you know, the customers are willing to pay that for the value that they're getting. Hundred percent. I feel like you know, like th- this is all very fascinating to me because I can, you know, see oh, yeah. the like I'll, I'll make out spreadsheets. I was working on a spreadsheet this morning about kind of like showing all my my variable costs and my fixed costs, trying to get the actual cost to produce a keto brick, you know, down to the the penny. And there's a, so much more that goes into it than than people realize. And there's a lot. I mean, there's a lot of companies that have a ton of markup as well. Um, we're not one of them, <laughs> you know, I feel like people look at the keto and Brooklyn, like, oh, that's an expensive bar. Um, but like the ingredients are freaking astronomical. No, you guys have the highest quality ingredients. Yeah. It's I just think, super I, expensive. To me, I personally think it's worth every penny because I love the ingredients. Like it just, yeah, but you're right to the, somebody else who kind of does dirty keto. Maybe they may not see the value because they like weigh lesser on ingredients. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Like they would rather maybe have sucralose as opposed to stevia. Mm-hmm. But even though that's cheaper, it's not as good for you as stevia, you know, so or monk fruit, you know? Yeah, it's it's yeah. No, knowing the numbers and like really diving deep into that is, is so, so critically important for any business. So it, it is pretty cool. I've definitely gained a, a newfound respect for you know, accounting, accounting as a profession and just all that it involves because, I mean, it, it's really the nuts and bolts of business. And that's the thing. Like, once you have your numbers to then figure out what to do next. Like, I'm sure, like, you guys just are amazing. You just bought a new space. I'm so, I'm so, I was like, oh, my gosh, I probably was more happier than you were when I saw the video. <laughs> I was like, that's so awesome. You know, just kind of knowing what to do with your money. Once So once you, you know, you, you have a successful business like you do, like, okay, now I got this cash. What do I do next? Mm-hmm. Do I do a new product. Do I buy this building? Like, you know, like, you know, it's just one of those things that like, it's always constant decision making and, um, you know, knowing what to do next is the biggest thing too. So it's, it's definitely I, I, fun. It's, it's all, it's all like playing chess, you know, it's a massive chess set of life and like what, what strategic moves you're going to make, how are you going to position yourself? You know, how are you going to allocate your resources? It's just, it's just so much fun. And there's never a dull moment like you constantly have to be thinking and thinking not just two steps ahead but like 15 steps ahead exactly like and, and you I, it's just been so fun to watch your journey from you guys starting out in your living room to now owning this big old grocery store like i just i was just i was so happy i was like oh my god this is so awesome i'm so i'm so proud of them like this is amazing well thank you I mean, thank you we're super we're super stoked i mean we got some big big plans for this this building and i mean i've got all, all the architectural drawings are more or less finalized, so I've got like everything mapped out and what I'm going to put in there. It's just, it's going to be it's going to be awesome. Yeah, and and it's you know it's just amazing because even even in owning that building, it's like okay, how do I use this space optimally? Optimally, mm-hmm. I I know you did the walkthrough, and I was like I was trying to envision it myself, and I'm like wow, it's amazing. You know, yeah. it's great that you got those extra freezers now, and you know just how you're setting it up right now is just it's amazing. It's been fun to watch your journey. Well, it's it's cool, like, cause cause you've been you know with us for a while. You've known of us for a while. You've eaten the brooks for a while, so you've kind of seen the progression from the beginning. So you can appreciate you know how far we've come. And you know, I was talking to my uncle the other day, and my uncle owns his own business doing personalized bottled water. And I was talking to him about you know how how far we've come. He, he showed me a picture when I was probably like six years old with a sledgehammer busting down the the walls of his old warehouse when we started renovating his building. And he sent that to me after I bought this building. He's like, look, you've always loved doing this stuff. And it's just kind of crazy looking back at how far we've come. And it's just, I don't know, I, I feel very blessed, very grateful, and just so very fortunate to have the support that I do and the, the possibilities and opportunities in front of me that I do. I couldn't do it without you and others like you. I mean, you literally... You know, I say this in all my posts, but like people like you, I mean, you give me oxygen to keep doing this. Yeah, it's just, it's just been so fun to watch you. Just, I feel like no one else is more deserving. You work your butt off. I, I whenever I like, if I'm having a, I mean, I remember even training this, this, um, I remember training for Boston in, in January and you sent me a message on Instagram and I'm like, of course, Robert Sykes, it was early in the morning. And I'm like, uh, you, you just sent me a message on Instagram. And I'm like, he's the only other person who would be up right now. <laughs> and I was just like, this guy is such a go-getter and you and Crystal are just so, so hardworking. I mean, I, I, it's not luck. It's hundred percent your hard work. You I, I just, I'm so envious of how your, your work ethic. I mean, you're just amazing. I mean, you, you and Crystal are just amazing people. Well, I, I really appreciate that. You know, I was thinking this morning um, about just just life in general, and there's 
I don't know, there's just so many things that we have at our fingertips that we have so many resources. We have the internet, we have these books, we have libraries, we have people that we can contact that have been there and done that. I mean, there's just so much for us for the taking. All we just have to do is reach out and grab it and put in the work. And if you put in that work day after day after day for the rest of your life, you can have something amazing to show for it. So I'm just I'm just amazed at how many people don't take advantage of the opportunities that we have in this day and age. Yes, there's there's hardship. Yes, there's obstacles. Yes, there's there's hard things, but there's just so many good things. There's so many good things that you you can do. So why not do them? I mean, you're only going to live once, and then you're going to be dead, and you're going to wish you had. <laughs> exactly. I always tell people it's better to take a chance and fail than than think what what if what if I didn't do it. You know. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Well, I could sit here and talk to you all day long about business, accounting, mindset, and QuickBooks, but uh, I know you, you, you probably already run, you run your 20 miles today, right? Uh, oh, I've been lazy with my running. <laughs> I, I went for a run this morning, that's for sure. Now it's just my, in my standard four to five miles a day. So oh. one last question for you. When you're like in a maintenance mode, I guess, with, with regard to training, like if you're not training for a specific marathon on the horizon, is that pretty much what you do? Like just get in four to five miles a day consistently? Yeah, and I always lift weights. Not 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 like you. <laughs> Let's be clear. Not not close like you, but I try to lift weights because I like. Um, I I I feel I actually I I I always say to runners, don't just run, lift weights because that's what's going to make you stronger. That's what's going to hold your body up at mile eighteen. Mm-hmm. Not running. So I always I always try to make sure I, I'm lifting some type of weights as well. Yeah, that, that's, I do that that's about super good. six days a week. So I, and then I take one day off. Usually I take Sunday or Sunday off, pretty much. The one day off from weight training or from running? From both, yeah. So from I'll both. do. I work out six days a week doing both um, li- lifting weights and running. Nice, nice. And I take the seventh day off. Do you ever like take a longer period off and then just no. feel <laughs> like it's it's weighing against you? Like I feel like with running, at least for me doing my measly one and a half miles, like I, I haven't broken that, and I can't tell you how many, how long I, I was running one and a half miles before my prep was over, and I haven't broken it since. And I feel like just simply. No matter what else, you know, rain, sh- snow, shine, whatever, I'm going to get my mile and a half in no matter what. Yeah, I don't think I could take more than one day off a week. Because even, even my one day off, as much as I love, like, having that little break, by the next day, I'm like, you need to go for a run. Yeah, it's like you feel guilty I, almost. Yeah, it's not even like, I just, like, yeah, it, it, it must be guilt. But it's just, like, it just, uh I don't know. I have a euphoria after running. So I just feel like I get, I get moody and then like I go for a run and I'm good. And so it's like one of those things, like I just feel like I need to go for a run. Yeah, totally. Just like a, you know, euphoria feeling. And so I feel like, like I'm, I'm the same way with, with weight training. Like if I didn't go more than a day or two off of weight training, I feel like I'm like, I, I don't feel like I'm losing my gains, so to speak. Like I probably used to think, but I just feel like I'm not making progress and I don't like feeling like I'm not moving forward. Exactly. I think you and I think alike. Yeah, I, <laughs> I think that's exactly like, like I know you, missing two. I mean, people take even professionals take weeks off because they need to. And it's like, all right, so your two days is not going to do anything mm-hmm. <laughs> for you. But it's just it's the mindset. Yeah, totally. Totally. Well, Kristen, where can people go to find out more about you on Instagram? Uh, you, you have a website, too, right? Uh, no, it's, it's just my Instagram. Just but Instagram? Um, it's keto keto marathoner. Keto marathoner. I'm going to check that. It's keto.marathoner. I love talking to anyone and everyone. So feel free to reach out if you have questions. And, you know, if you want to pick my brain, I'll probably pick your brain as well. Because, you know, it's, this is all new to me as well. So 
I love it. I love it. Well, I definitely want you to keep in touch, obviously. Um, you know, we, we, we correspond pretty regularly through email, but let me know when there's a, a marathon that actually is going to happen. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'll sponsor you with some keto bricks for sure. Oh, you're the best. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. <laughs> Honestly, I'm honored to uh, – thank you so much for having me on your podcast because I'm just – I'm the biggest fans ever. I think you and Crystal and the whole team, it's just very inspirational. Everyone on your team is very inspirational. No, you're you're the rock star because honestly, like, I've I've received emails from you for I can't tell you how long now. I don't remember when we started corresponding, but like, anytime I see your name pop up in my inbox, it's like there's gonna be a super sweet, heartfelt message introducing me to some other cool person or just a simple, you know, positive light at the beginning of the day. So like, you you do a lot more to get me started off on the right path than you realize. So thank you. You're very welcome. Well, Kristen, keep killing it. Thanks for the conversation, and I will definitely keep in touch with you. All right. Sounds great. Take care.